Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Big Picture Leadership Podcast. The Big Leadership Podcast. Maybe I'll change the name to the Big Leadership Podcast. Eh, probably not. I'm Larry Raglan. I'm your host for the Big Picture Leadership Podcast. And our goal here on our leadership podcast is a little bit different than the regular podcast, The Big Picture, where we can't where we handle controversial topics, talk about current events, uh, things just random things that are on my mind. But my goal on this leadership podcast is just that. It is to speak to leaders and to speak to especially leaders within the kingdom and the body of Christ and, you know, pastors, fivefold ministry gifts, people who are operating in their leadership uh, role and anointing in the marketplace, just doing whatever we can do in this podcast to equip you and encourage you and just, you know, maybe give you some tools and, and maybe just give you a little nugget and a word to, to, you know, refocus you and remind you of who you are in God and, and the power of the call that's on your life. Because here's the reality one of the most difficult lives there is maybe not physically difficult in the sense of some more dangerous things that happen in the world, occupations in the world, but the mental stress on someone who is trying to lead in the kingdom for those that's ever been in leadership positions in the kingdom know that it is extremely stressful. And, um, you know, many people battle depression, many people, uh, marriages struggle, family struggle. Some of them don't make it. And in this day and time, churches are closing down left and right, and pastors are resigning the ministry and, you know, just saying, you know, this is too much for me. So our goal is to try to help you today. And and I want to talk to you today about something that's very, very important to my heart. I've been teaching on this for many, many years and preached on this in different churches, um, even got a series that deals exclusively with this, and I included uh, part of this teaching in my book, I See Greatness in You, that if you would like to pick up a copy, you can get it at IseeGreatnessInYou.com, IseeGreatnessInYou.com, and there's a chapter in our book that talks about the Redwood uh, Revelation, and it's dealing with the Redwood tree and the Redwood forest. It's one of the most fascinating subjects if you've ever studied it, and certainly if you've ever seen the, the Redwood forest, it is just something you'll never forget. I detail it in the book about when I was in the 10th grade, uh, we just was able to be blessed to go on an incredible, uh, just dream, uh, vacation. And it was, we drove all the way across the country, drove out from Alabama all the way to, you know, across the country, up through Oregon, down through California, and then back over again, coming back, it was like over 8,000 miles in about two and a half weeks. It was just incredible. But the two places that stuck out to me more than any, uh, say three, you know, of course, the Grand Canyon. I mean, my goodness, you can't not acknowledge the Grand Canyon. We saw that. It's just it's just incredible. You just have no idea until you actually see it. Uh, the three things that pictures and movies and videos and documentaries do not do it justice is the Grand Canyon, Yellow, uh, Yellowstone, which was just my all-time favorite. And then the Redwood Forest. I mean, you just cannot fathom how big these trees are. They're just, I mean, they're the size of skyscrapers. And and they say that the biggest ones were already cut down and used for wood long before it was preserved and turned into a park. So, um, 
it's just insane to me to think they say some of them's two, three, two to three, even up to five thousand years old. I mean, if those trees could talk, man, to tell the things that they have seen and the changes that they've seen, the storms that they have dealt with, and they teach us a lot. And you know, the series that I teach in the in the topic of this leadership podcast is you must be rooted. There's power in understanding that more than a cliche. You know, we've heard that all our lives and as pastors and leaders and ministers. You know, you got to be rooted in your faith. You need to be set down roots in a church. And and all those are true. But you just got to get a greater revelation of being rooted and founded in something. See, see, one of the things you got to understand is that when you are truly rooted in your and we're talking about leadership here now. We're talking about ministry. When you are rooted in your calling, when you are rooted in the mandate that you know that's on your life, very deep roots, it's hard to be uprooted. You know, that's a major problem in the modern American church. You know, we just, you know, we don't have people as rooted as they used to be, and which means they are very easily pulled up and leave. And it sort of manifests itself a lot of times this way. You know, I, boy, I love that church. Boy, I used to love Pastor so and so. He used to preach so powerful and so good. But I don't know, man. I'm just not getting fed like I used to be. You ever heard that one, preachers? I'm just not getting fed like I used to be. Well, a lot of times it's, and it might be that you know something's happened to the pastor. He's not committed as he used to be, or so forth. A lot of times has do has a lot to do with the person that's saying they're not being fed. They're not properly rooted. They're not they're not positioned in a way where they can get the nutrients that they need no matter what's going on in the pastor's life. See, you ought to have a relationship with God that will help you sustain anything coming your way no matter what anybody does or says to hurt you and offend you. You know, so that's what we're going to talk about today very quickly. It's not going to take a long time, but I, I just want to give you a few little nuggets about the power of being rooted as a believer, being rooted in your faith, but to the leaders, being rooted in your calling and the mandates on your that's on your life. I want to show you something that's very, very interesting of what that really means. It doesn't mean probably what you think it means. All right, before I get to that, let me just say that if you are listening to this podcast, I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. It would really be a blessing and would help us Raise the remnant. It would help us to equip the remnant if you would make sure that you follow this uh, podcast. And if you'll give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or any of the apps that you're using, that is an incredible help to us because what that does is that helps in the algorithm of putting us in front of people that don't normally follow us that are just looking for leadership uh, help and all that. So make sure you follow this podcast. Make sure you give us a five-star review. And if you could, invite someone else to listen. All right, let's get back into this. So the first thing I want to tell you is that when you have roots that are not healthy, you will see a stunted growth in a tree, in a plant, in a flower. The roots have to be pretty healthy. In fact, the roots are the first thing that grow. Uh, There's already growth that's happening underneath the surface before it ever comes forth and breaks forth in the ground. So the first thing you got to understand is, you know, when you are developing a ministry and developing a call that's on your life as a leader, as a minister, a lot of the work initially will be unseen. A lot of the work initially will be 
very deep and dark sometimes and and you you'll you'll battle frustration in the sense well you know god i know you've called me to the nations god i know you've called me to do this and do that but it doesn't even seem like i'm even being acknowledged well no listen you got to learn that you're building a deep root system you're building a healthy root system and god's got an appointed time that you're going to break ground and when you do what happens listen to me above the surface Many, many times, what that's finally when everybody sees it. Everybody, oh, look, it's fine. You know, that, that thing I planned is finally breaking ground. Well, what they forget is all the times they went out there and looked at it and tried to see if it was even going to grow, they didn't see the growth that was going on before they could see it with their natural eyes. And a lot of things has to do with ministry, not just in the initial stages, but the truth is, leader, the rest of your life, you get you got to get this in your spirit. The rest of your life, you need to understand that a lot of the things that you do that that is pursuing God and pursuing leadership and excellence will be done in secret. Will be done out of the limelight. Will be done in in a place where quite frankly most people will never know what you do and what you did to get where you're at. When you see people that are successful and you see people uh, that are on the platform, their churches thriving, their ministries thriving, you know, just looks like my everything their hands touch is gold. Well, there's the rare occasion that just somebody just, you know, went viral and just, you know, or maybe, you know, they had the favor of their father was a preacher, their grandfather was a preacher, and they just inherited the ministry. There are those, but most of the time that you, by the time you see them in that place of, of just unbelievable growth and favor, and now they've become your goal, and now they've become maybe a mentor uh, or even just somebody that you look up to and that you say, man, if one day if I could just do what they're doing. Most of those people, you have no clue what they've gone through to get there. They have gone through difficult times. They have gone through times of lack. They've gone through storms. They've gone through fire. Let me tell you something. Trees have to go through so much. Can you imagine them redwood forest trees and trees that are that are hundreds of years old? The The fires, the wind, the storms. Uh, you know, the, the redwoods are on the coast. So you're talking about hurricanes. You're talking about all different kinds of things that they've had to endure to get to where they're at. When you look at them now and their majesty, you know, you, you know, the look now, what you see now does not tell the story of what came before that. You know, I love, I love what Psalm chapter one says about trees it says, blessed is the man who walk, listen, who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Now listen very, very closely. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in the law he meditates day and night. And what happens when you do that, watch what happens when you do that. He shall be, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly, I love this first part of verse 4, Psalm chapter 1, the ungodly are not so. So in other words, those that are not in God's will have not done what they need to do. They're not like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Why is it important that it's planted by the rivers of water? That means it's not in the water. It's planted by the rivers of water. That means that, that when the surface up in the rest of the forest becomes dry and drought, the trees that are planted by the rivers of water 
tend to to live when the others die. Why? Because they're not in the water. They're on the side of the water. But because they're on the side of the water, those banks are are moist and those roots can go down and and just that they will find their way to the water and they will be able to continually be fed and hydrated and 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 will grow in the midst of storms but that only happens when you delight in the law of the lord and meditate on it day and night like a tree you'll be like a tree and i love what he says it bring forth your fruit in its season you know you don't you how many know sometimes we get ahead of god and we try to help god and we try to you know in 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 the sense of talking about a tree what that means is you know when a when you got a fruit tree let's say you got a an apple tree that apple tree is going to start bringing forth those apples and if it's if you look at that apple tree and you see a healthy apple tree bringing forth apples well you get all excited cuz you see those those small little green apples and they're starting to uh to grow and and your mouth starts watering and you're like man ain't nothing like it when that when that thing turns red and it's it's perfect ain't nothing like just picking it off the tree and taking a bite Sometimes you get so excited when you see that you just run over and grab it. And you can eat it. It ain't going to kill you. But it's not going to taste the way it was supposed to taste. It's not in its season. Now, you can pick things before its season, and then you can wait too long, and you can miss the season. And that same apple that would have tasted so good is now rotting. Worms have got in it. It falls to the ground, and it just it just dies. So, see, there's a season for everything, for everything, there is a time and a season. Of course, we know Ecclesiastes says that. There's a time and a season for everything. Well, there's a time and a season for your harvest. There's a time and a season for your ministry. There's a time and a season for your favor. There's a time and a season for your growth. But there's also a time and a season for the roots to be developed. It's very, very important. You know, you know talking about the redwood forest that's so interesting is because when I saw those redwood forests, I'll never forget there was this one particular tree that we drove up on. It was so big, y'all. I'm telling you, you can't even fathom this. It was so big that they had cut out a tunnel in the base of this tree, and the road, the pavement, went straight up to this tree. And this big, huge tunnel, just like a tunnel that you'd go through underneath a road or something, you could drive right through that tree. And we had an old, you know, it was like a, I'd say a 1980-something suburban, y'all. That thing was big with the big mirrors on the side, and we drove that thing through that tree. And there was probably still six to eight feet of the tree on each side of that tunnel. That's how wide this tree was. It was just something out of a movie. If you didn't know better, you'd think it was some kind of hologram. It just couldn't be real, but it was. And, you know, it's sad to say that that thing, years and years and years of of just not having that structure there, I guess, uh, a storm finally took that tree down. I saw that on the news the other day. I always wanted my children to see that tree, drive my grandbaby and my children through that tree. I'm not going to be able to do it because it actually fell in a storm. breaks my heart. But here's the part, here's the thing that's about a redwood tree. It's the biggest tree in the world. It's the most intimidating, powerful tree in the world. And it, but it starts from a seed. You need to Google it. Of course, I can't do that on a podcast. Normally, when I preach this message, I'll put it up on the screen. But you need to Google a redwood 
tree or redwood seed. And when you Google that seed, you'll be shocked to find that you can set about five or six of those seeds on a dime. Did you hear me? About five or six of the seeds fit on the head of a dime. That's how small those redwood seeds are that become the redwood trees. That is unbelievable. That is growth. That is sustained growth. That is big picture, long-term growth. Now, here's what's going to blow your mind, okay? And I'm just sort of condensing this teaching. But I'm going to bring it back to this, and let me just show you that you may not think, you, you may have thought you knew where I was going about the roots. Because immediately you'd be saying, we've got to have deep roots. And that's normally the case. Like you see a skyscraper, uh, a high-rise building in your local city or whatever, the big city that you're close to, that has like 20 floors or more. You know, I've watched videos on this. It's incredible to know. It's not always the case, uh, matching one-to-one. But a lot of these buildings, whatever you see above the surface, that foundation is almost that deep beneath the ground. Now, sometimes it's a third or whatever, but when you see a massive skyscraper uh, that goes up, you know, up into the sky, what you don't see is that there is a massive, massive foundation deep within the ground, all the way down to bedrock. Because the foundation is the most important thing. So when you look at many, many trees, large trees around the world, they have very deep roots. Go all the way. I mean, just some of them go down 15, 20 feet into the ground. So when you look at the redwood, 300 feet high, 250, 300. And they say some of the ones that were cut down that we no longer have with us was over 400 to 450 feet high. That's mind-boggling, y'all. A tree. But we still do have the 200, 250, even close to 300-foot trees, which is crazy. But I, w- I want to read something to you about uh, how two things about the redwood tree. Number one, uh, something that big has to have a lot of water to grow to be sustained. Can you imagine? So any plant, anything that's living has to have water. Now watch this. How in the world is a tree that big getting that as much water as they need? And it's a vast forest. There's many of those trees in that forest competing for the water, competing for the rain. And then at the base of them, there are gigantic ferns. There's all kinds of vegetation in this forest. Now listen to what I did. When I first started studying this, I went, I went to the National Redwood Forest National Park website. Now, I don't know if it's been updated and tweaked a little bit since I read it, but it's going to be on there. It's on your web. You can go there yourself and verify what I'm saying. I want you to listen to this. This is, this is insane. So the question is, how does a tree like that sustain and get enough water? And how much water does it take for a tree like this? I'm going to read word for word verbatim straight off the website. It says, the only way that we can pump water to as great a height as the top of a redwood tree is we would have to use multiple booster pumps at different levels uh, as you go up the tree. So we don't even have the ability uh, to to irrigate that. As, As this website is saying, 
is saying that we would have to install booster pumps at different levels throughout the tree to get the water to the top of the tree. So how can a tree do this? I'm back to reading straight from the website. There is a constant upflow, upward flow of water from the roots to the topmost part of the tree. Scientists have discovered that water molecules interact with the sides of the capillary tubes, that the plumbing that carries the water and the nutrients up into the tree. This interaction creates a bond. Listen, this creates a bond which drags the water column up with it. At the same time, the water evaporating from the leaf listen to this, at the top creates a vacuum that pulls on the water as well. At some point, though, the attraction and the tree's suction are not strong enough to maintain this column of water with the result that the tree has reached its maximum height. So, so when it reaches its maximum height and it cannot generate any more water, that's how high it got. But I want to go back and list, read that again. It says, the system that's within this tree, that God put in this tree, creates a bond. In other words, you've got to have somebody to bond up with. You gotta, you, if you're going to be a leader, you've got to have somebody you can connect with. Watch this. Drags the water column up with it. So it's pulling it up from the ground. But at some point, there's not enough suction to take that much water on its own in a natural way without an electrical pump or whatever. But it says that when the water is evaporating from the leaves all the way at the top, it also creates a vacuum that pulls the water up as well. Let me just tell you something. If you're going to grow and you're going to be who God's called you to be, you can't just take are y'all hearing me? You can't just drag and you can't just take from, from those that are around you at, at your base. You can't just pull on the people that are beneath you. They're there to support you and feed you and, and, and help you in your ministry. But you, you, can't, you can't just do that. You can't just pull people with you. In fact, there'll come a time that it'd be so heavy you can't go any further. Now, you are supposed to be leading people and, and, and influencing people, but at some point, watch what happens. When you are always pulling, always trying to make people come with you, it will, it will create a drag on you. You hear me? It will drag you down. But the only way that you can stop the drag is you got to praise the Lord. The leaf's Releasing is giving away, pouring, investing, giving God glory. Notice that the leaves are the ones that are all the way at the top. So, yeah, it's pouring out on the other trees that surround, but most importantly, it's going straight up into the atmosphere. Evaporation, condensation, precipitation. That's how we get water, get water to come back down on us. So at the top of those leaves, that that mist that's coming, or excuse me, as, as they are using it and, and they are producing it, it's evaporating from those leaves, and it's unseen, but it's going up. It's, signal, it's praise, man. That's why he said you're like a tree planted by the rivers of, of living water. So, when, when, so you've got to keep that praise fresh at the top, no matter how, how high you get, no matter how high you get, no matter how Blessed you are in the ministry. You can't stop praising God. And you can't start pulling and you can't stop pulling people with you. You want people to come with you. But now this right here is what blows my mind. Science, I'm going back to reading from the website and I'm closing on this podcast. Scientists and researchers estimate that a mature tree 
requires hundreds of gallons of water per day. And for this reason, the roots need an ample supply of water. Now listen to this. Redwood trees thrive in the river bottoms where they obviously have access to lots of groundwater. But these giant trees also do something else because the rainwater at the bottom, remember that drag, that natural drag, there's not enough power in that tree to get it all the way to the top that high. So what happens? How do they get the water that they need? Watch this. <laughs> I'm reading again. Straight word from word. This ain't no Larry Raglan uh, uh, putting anything, inserting anything into it. This is just straight out of the website. But these giant trees also, wait for it, wait for it, make their own rain. How do, (laughs) it still blows my mind every time I read it. These giant trees also make their own rain out of fog. The moisture in the air condenses between the leaves and eventually drips down to the root zone. It is believed that one of the reasons the redwood trees have adapted to their great height is because, the watch this, the higher the tree, the more moisture it can provide for itself. And the reason they thrive along the northern California Pacific coast is because the area is, often gets a daily fog. My God, my God, that will preach, that will preach. Yes, yes, that deserves some applause. Hallelujah. I'm talking about, did you get that? They make their own rain. They never stop. And watch what happens. It says when they make their own rain and it drips through and processes through those leaves, it falls all the way down as high as it is up there at the top. It falls all the way down to the root. That, you me tell you what that's telling me? That you want to be like a redwood because no matter how God blesses you and how high you go, you don't ever forget to take that anointing that's on you and feed those that are down there trying to get where you're at at the bottom. They're trying. There's those little redwood seeds down there looking up to you. They, they, they are reproducing after you, and they want to grow up and be just like you, and they're looking to you as a leader. They're following you, and you are growing because they are helping you grow, but you are also helping them grow and pushing and pouring back into their lives. And oh, and by the way, this fog that comes in where these high redwood trees are, a long time ago, I preached a series called The Fog is Rolling In, F-O-G, baby, the F-O-G is the favor of God. The higher you go up in the fog, the favor of God, the higher the anointing is, and the more the more you grow, but by process, the more you pour into the leaders that you are birthing, the spiritual sons and daughters that you are feeding. Can I tell you something, church? There ain't nothing like it. I'm telling you, when you find when you finally find your place, when you finally understand that you've been put on this earth, not just to be a success. Yeah, he wants you to be a success. But when you realize there's more than that, God wants you to achieve your joy, grow higher and higher, higher than any tree, mind-boggling what God can do in your life. But through the whole process, you never stop pulling those at the base up with you. And you never Stop raining that favor that's on your life. 
down upon those that want to get where you're at. What you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. The key to you growing in the Lord is grow with those that surround you. And oh, by the way, leave you with this nugget. The roots of a redwood are not deep. They only go down, watch this, about six feet in the dirt. How can a tree 300 feet high only have roots that's six feet deep? The key is a redwood goes out. It doesn't just go deep. It goes wide. They, they keep growing to the left and the right until they find another root from another tree and they fuse with it and they fuse with another. Ladies and gentlemen, if you could go about six feet under the ground of the redwood forest, you would find that the entire redwood forest is not hundreds of root balls, but one big giant root ball, one big giant root. Because all the redwood forest trees, when the storms come, they're connected. They hold each other. They never forget about their neighbor and their brother or their sister. The roots go down, but they go wide. That's the key. Grow up and grow wide. I'll see you the next time on the Big Picture Leadership Podcast. You bunch of redwood trees out there. I'm proud of you. I see greatness in you. Go help somebody grow. I'll see you next time. Don't forget, follow this podcast. Give us a five-star rating and invite another leader, a pastor, or minister to grow with us in the Big Picture Leadership Podcast. See you next time.